Hello, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Um, I'm Pastor Jonathan, the youth pastor. Um, I want to thank Pastor Falui for um, asking me to come and preach this morning. Um, I recently saw a picture of Pastor Falui and myself um, standing next to each other. And I think I'm at least two inches taller than him. So I know he's watching that right now. Um, I'd like you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor to go and buy some baked goods for the youth ministry after church in the lobby. So please do that. Uh, We've already raised over $400 this morning in like a half hour. And the proceeds will go to help youth um, going to summer camp um, on June 7th or the 9th. Um, how many of you have had some kind of back problem, back trouble? Raise your hand. <clears throat> um, I usually don't have any back problems, but this is the second time in the last year before I came up to preach that two days before I woke up and I was like laid out um, where I couldn't move because of my lower back. And so the past two days, I've been immobile. And I'm not wondering if I'm going to make it today because I knew I was going to make it here to preach. Um, but it's just kind of ironic. Um, so the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I just want to give God some glory because I feel pretty good right now um, standing in front of you. <clears throat> So Pastor Vili wanted me to talk about the youth ministry. And so that's kind of pretty vague, pretty open. And so I've been praying like, okay, God, what, what should I share about the youth ministry that maybe people don't know about? And God started to put on my heart, um, his heart, that God has a supernatural heart. Um, that God meets not, not, not only us, But he meets everyone where they are. He meets everyone where they are. And so we're supposed to follow his example. And I know it's really challenging for me to meet everybody where they are because we have certain expectations. But I want to take us through a few scriptures here where um, it's biblical that Jesus met people where they were. And hopefully that's inspiring to you. So if you guys can turn to Mark 2, um, we're going to look at verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up. And follow him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home for dinner, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, 
they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. As I read the scripture and I started to meditate on this scripture, it really started to hit me that sometimes we think that we're Christians or maybe we have certain values or ethics or morals that um, others um, maybe aren't good enough. Maybe others um, don't have the same maybe standard um, that we have. Or maybe others just don't look the same or, or maybe have the same education or um, maybe have the same um, you know, background. But if we can picture Jesus here, um, he's calling Levi, who was named Matthew, and he's having dinner with him, with just all the people that were not accepted in society at that time. How about us? Um, when's the last time we had a meal with people that were, were not like-minded, that were not... Um, maybe on the same page as we are and how we view life and how we view um, certain issues. I mean, Jesus loved them where they are. And that's, this was a big reminder to me that as Pastor Valui wanted me to talk about the youth, um, I can say with 100% conviction that the mentors and I, we love the youth where they are, that we meet the youth where they are, which isn't always easy. Sometimes it's challenging. Being in youth ministry is, is really difficult work because um, sometimes you just want so much better for the youth or you want them to come on Wednesday or Sunday and they don't show up or we don't see them for a while or they're not feeling it anymore because they're going through some kind of stage, maybe a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or maybe they're having, you know, a fallout with their parents. So despite that, they'd say, I don't want to go to youth group. Um, and so through all these battles, we just have to remain steadfast. And we just have to love them. Meet them where they are. Appreciate who they are. Knowing that the work that we're doing, there will be fruit. We may see it. Or we may see it later on. Or we may never see it, but we, would, we know that the Holy Spirit is inside them. And the Holy Spirit continues to minister to the youth. I think the youth are sometimes discarded or just thought of as youth. Sometimes we just think of them as, okay, they don't know anything. They're young. Um, maybe they're idealistic. Uh, maybe they're always on their devices. Um, but they offer great value. Great energy, idealistic. I believe this generation of youth is all about social justice and change. Um, they're all about getting it right. They're all about human rights. And so um, when I read this verse, I was thinking about the youth ministry and how the mentors and I are just trying to do our best, 
trying to use the gifts and talents we have to empower the youth because we care about them so much that we want them to succeed. We want them to make the best choices. We want them to make um, choices that are godly choices. And by the time they leave the ministry, either if they move away before the end of high school or if, if they graduate from high school and we can be there at their graduation to celebrate with them, then we know that we've done our job for that period of time. We know that we've invested and poured into them and loved on them and given them you know, everything that we have. Um, so we're just trying to follow the model that Jesus has provided. Uh, I think another verse that really illustrates how Jesus meets people where they are is in John 4, verses 7 through 9. So I think many of you know about the story about the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. I'm just going to read a few verses here. So soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. Samaritan woman, why are you asking me for a drink? So just a little backstory: um, Samaritans were not, were, were mixed races. They weren't full Jewish. Jesus was going from Judea to Galilee, but he was cutting through a Samaritan village called Sychar. And this is where Jacob's well is. And so he's sitting down at the well. He sees a Samaritan woman. He asks her for some water. Um, back in the day, um, Jews did not talk to Samaritans. Samaritans were kind of the lowly of the lows, and they were not respected. Um, they were not treated the same. But Jesus didn't look at her that way. He already knew from her, his conversation with her that she's already been married five times, and she's living with a man. She's already in sin. But through their conversation, you know, he was interested in her. He cared about her. Um, he knew that she was sinning. Um, she even was very honest and admitted to him where she was at in her life. But he was promising much more for her life. He was promising salvation. He was pr- promising living water. And so I, I think when we're able to meet people where they are, then we're able to be able to um, share the gospel story. We're able to share our own faith story. We're able to tie in the gospel with our own faith story um, to help people make their own decision to follow the Lord. Um, That's what we're called to do. I mean, we're called to fulfill the Great Commission. And through our story and the gospel, we can merge that and we can see change and transformation in others' lives. And that's what we're doing in the Vibe Youth Ministry. This past year, our focus was to share our own faith story. Our, Our focus at the Youth Sunday was for youth to go up there and share their story. So God meets us where we are. So we need to meet others where they are. And be it youth, your neighbors, um, your coworkers, 
your family, your friends. Uh, we need to take time and think about where are others in the relationships that we have. You know, can we put aside our own ego? Can we put aside our own pride? You know, can we just be real? You know, real and relevant and just relate to those that are around us. I think it takes compassion, first of all. I mean, Jesus, his heart was overflowing with compassion. And in Latin, compate means suffer with. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. Another's suffering becomes your suffering. True compassion changes the way we live. So compassion isn't pity. Pity is when we kind of feel sorry or we feel bad for somebody. Compassion is more of having empathy, that we can feel what others are feeling, that we care about what others are feeling, that we want to see others not feeling um, maybe the pain or the challenges that they're going through. We want to make it right. We want to make it better for them. And in, in the youth ministry, we're trying to model that. I, mean, I have seven amazing youth mentors that are all working professionals, that all have college degrees. Many of them have graduate degrees. Um, and they are giving their time um, to pour into the youth. Um, there's a scripture from Leviticus that I think helps me to illustrate <clears throat> that this season, um, God has really put on our hearts um, to really care for the poor, to really care for the needy, to really care for the disenfranchised, the down and out, the marginalized, um, those that were the tax collectors, those that were the outcasts. God has put on uh, my heart and the youth mentors to really instill that this season for the youth, to have compassion, to care about those that don't have enough, domestically as well as globally. And as I read Leviticus 25, 35 through 37, it says, If one of your fellow Israelites fall into poverty and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest or money you lend him or make a profit on the food you sell him. Throughout the Bible, God has shown his heart for the poor. He's shown his heart for the needy and the suffering. God loves the poor. He loves the widows. He loves single mothers. He loves children. And he's calling us to have the same attitude and the same heart. We're doing a series called The Least of These, which is those that are poor and those are, that are needy. And I think many people may not realize that God's plan wasn't for us to suffer. That in Genesis 3, God talks about how he wanted to abundantly um, support us. 
provide for us. But it was sin and corruption from humans that changed and altered his plan. And he had to come up with a new plan. And through the sin and corruption that God did not want, we have to suffer. We have to toil the land. Women in labor have to go through a lot of pain. But God's original plan was to provide for us like in the Garden of Eden. He cares about the poor. He cares about the needy. And in this season, we're trying to um, encourage the youth to find that same compassion for the poor and the needy. Um, We've started to break some ground last year when two of the youth, um, Grace and Ava, um, were challenged along with the rest of the youth. Okay, what are we going to do for our service project this year? And we all came in agreement with Grace and Ava. Like, okay, let's, let's provide shoes for those children in Uganda that have no shoes. And we exceeded our goal. We doubled our goal. We gave 205 pairs of shoes to those children. Um, this year, another challenge was put before them this last Wednesday. You know, what is God's saying to us? What is God putting in your hearts? Because we want the youth to drive and to lead this service project. We want the youth to come up with the plan. And then we, as adults, can help support it, help facilitate it. Our youth have been exposed to the poor and the homeless. Um, not all of them, some of them. And maybe after I finish speaking today, maybe after the Holy Spirit ministers to, to, to all of you, and maybe some of you parents, because sometimes parents are afraid for their youth to go minister to the homeless. Sometimes parents hold their children back not to go to San Francisco like we did here last year to the San Francisco home, Homeless Outreach because they're afraid that their children are in danger, um, which is quite the contrary um, because before we go, we are prayed up. We are watching. We are safe. We have the favor of God with us. And so when we went last year as a church, um, the youth always goes on our own um, once we get to San Francisco. And the youth are relying on God. The youth are relying on prayer. Um, They may have been a little nervous inside, but there was another victory after we finished serving those youth in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. After they saw what's out there, those that are homeless, those that are doing drugs, you know, those that are are just um, so down and out, their hearts cannot be um, not moved from what they see and how blessed they are and what they have. I mean, here, in this image here, we have them giving out clothing. And this area here by the Civic Center is a big area known where there's a lot of drug use. Well, we're prepared to watch out, not to step on any needles. We're prepared to always be in a team we're prepared to keep a little distance. And I'm always watching with Alice and my wife 
and just just taking everything in, just seeing, you know, what's going on. So if there was something, we can react. But we've never had any issues, ever. We've always had just um, God, the Holy Spirit leading us and keeping us safe. Um, here's some other images of us reaching out as well as um, praying for people um, because we don't just give clothing. We're praying for their salvation. You know, we're, we're encouraging them and lifting them up. We're meeting them where they are. Um, we also um, went to um, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, for several days for an urban missions trip in San Francisco. And we stayed overnight. We were really in the trenches. We were really on the front lines. And we were really reaching and digging deep with those people in the Tenderloin neighborhood. And so our youth are getting exposed to those that don't have a lot. Um, But we need to do much more. Um, I think God is putting in our heart to get ready to go to a developing nation maybe in the next year to go on a missions trip um, outside of the country um, to go somewhere where he wants us to go and make an impact um, globally um, but we'll see see how God is moving over the next year um, I think some of this has transpired because um, God got my attention with this whole you know, issue of Food insecurity, homeless insecurity, just homelessness. Like 18 years ago, when he had me go to City Team for the first time to give a message. And um, I, I think I've told this story before. Um, I went in with a group from my a former ministry, X Factor. And after the, that one time, every month after, he told me to keep going back. Um, and it's been 18 years now that I have continue to go back to serve at City Team um, Men's Rescue Shelter. And then the band here, Les, June, Tim, and Ken, they've gone with me for the last 12 years um, regularly. I think it was through that exposure um, that I started to just have a little bit more compassion. I wouldn't say I was overflowing with compassion, but I started to understand the men a little bit more, those that, that were incarcerated on parole, mental illness, and drug abuse that would come to City Team. But I think this past year, what started to change my heart and for me to start to um, influence our youth was um, teaching at San Jose State University when I started to discover that there's 4,000 homeless students in the past year on the campus. And that started to really um, bother me. And then I started to volunteer at the mobile food pantry once a month where we give food out to students that don't have enough to eat. And so that's been really stirring up my heart over this past six months. And I'm going to be meeting with the director of their permanent food pantry that they just put in place to see, you know, what are the needs now, our youth group all decided that, you know, we want to get involved in this effort to bring some change. But we want to get involved with helping homeless youth, 
homeless families, you know, poor youth families, runaways, foster kids. Um, maybe not the typical homeless that we all kind of know, but those that are like them, their ages, their, um, their generation. So that's where we are. Um, we're thinking, we're praying. Um, actually, one youth came up to me on Wednesday and said, Hey, me and another youth, we, we have something. We, we, we got something here that we want to share with you. So I'm excited to hear what they have to share um, this next week to see if this is where God wants us to go, what kind of project we want to pour into to, to make a difference in some lives of young people. Now, to give you kind of a, just a, um, an overview, you know, what our youth ministry is about. We show up on Wednesdays at 6.30. We hang out. Um, obviously, we, we eat, okay? We, um, parents, thank you, parents. Youth mentors provide meals um, every Wednesday because sometimes... The youth are coming from activities, sports, concerts, or maybe they just don't have enough to eat and we don't know about it. So it's important that we eat together. Um, then we engage in some kind of activity, some kind of game um, that we try to get everybody involved so we, 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 have, so we can create some kind of synergy. Um, we always celebrate every occasion. This was Thanksgiving where we had a feast, turkey, stuffing, all the trimmings, everything. Um, every holiday, we, 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 we celebrate. Um, so typically, after a game, we um, will engage in worship, and then we'll have a message, and we'll break up into small groups and really talk about um, certain questions that pertain to that night's message. Um, this was actually a time of worship, which was a special time, during our Jurassic Maze event, where we invited other youth groups, three other youth groups to join us, and our whole youth room was completely full, standing room only, where we could worship with other youth groups together and pray together, which was very memorable and very moving. Um, it was, I remember just how many were emotional and tears of joy were happening. Um, Holy Spirit just came and just youth were just um, emotional because of just the joy experiencing worship and prayer. Um, the spaghetti dinner is also important to us. The youth spaghetti fundraiser that we do this year is October 12th. And so we do that so we can provide um, finances for the youth to go to winter camp. So in other words, we cut it in the price in half. It's, so we charge them only hundred dollars. It's usually like almost two hundred to go. And this year, you know, we had snow the last two days. It was like amazing. And so these are just a few images of your generosity, um, um, giving to the silent auction, going to the spaghetti dinner. Um, I just wanted to show you some of the the images of the youth. When we go, um, bonds are built. Um, I know we just get closer, you know. So, 
So I really believe in camp. I mean, our summer camp and our winter camp is all different. The winter, it's programmed, and we just go and hang out. And just, we just get deeper in the Lord, worship, eat, hang out, play games, and just have fun. Um, they grow a lot when they're away for a few days versus just on a Wednesday night. They grow because they're with each other. They're away from you, parents. They're away from distractions. Um, you know, we take their phones um, so they're not really on their phone the whole time. And, and they're, they're having to engage with each other and with the mentors. And then the bake sale, which I know all of you are going to purchase some baked goods afterwards. Um, that's going to go towards our summer camp. And we're going to Mount Cross again on June 7th, which is in Ben Lomond next to Boulder Creek. Pretty short drive from here. And this was last year. Now, the unique thing about this camp is I'm able to book the camp where we have the camp to ourselves. There's no one else there. The, the campers that are in the program part of the camp, summer camp, come the following week. But they give me the camp where there's a camp staff and us and nobody there. We have everything to ourselves. So it's, it becomes quite special. And so as far as food it is provided for us in their cafeteria, they're, they're cooking meals for us, there's swimming, there's archery, there's a ropes challenge course, we have hiking, campfires, of course, our worship time and um, our time in the Word. And then summer is coming up. We have so many activities coming up. Uh, we will kick off this summer um, with either a swim party or the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, um, golf land, um, movie nights, just things that, um, um, that will keep the youth engaged as well as their friends. This is a time for youth to bring their friends that don't believe the same thing to come and hang out and also hear the Word of God. And then June 14th, July 14th, you're going to be in for another treat. I know Youth Sunday is very popular in this church where our youth will be up here conducting the entire service from greeting in the lobby to, to everything. And we look forward to that. But I think the heart and the soul of our youth ministry is to see youth saved and baptized, to see salvation. We always see salvation at every camp. Um, and then just the end of last year, we had two of our youths, um, Victor and Louisa, um, get baptized, which many of you saw. And that's always a joyous celebration um, for us. So we don't forget that the main component of our youth ministry, the core, is to see spiritual transformation, lives changed through youth willingly, that they choose on their own accord to follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That they make the choice, that we don't make them, that they're not pressured, that when it's ready, they make the choice. Same thing as baptism. That they were, when they're ready to make a public um, declaration, a public display, um, what they believe in, then they'll come up and they'll get baptized. So I think, you know, kind of just summing up just 
this whole message. And this relates to the youth ministry as well as those in our lives that we're trying to meet them where they are is let all that you do be done with love. With the youth, we're doing everything we can just with the heart God has given us to love on them. Um, When a group of us go to city team, we try to love on those men that um, are having um, many challenges. I know when our church here is greeting people coming in, you, when you come in, I know it's, it's done with love. Or I know when the grill gets fired up soon that the grill is done with love. That the food that you eat, the service that you get is done with love. Um, and I know the children's ministry and the life groups and every ministry in this church it is done with, with love. Because I don't think we could do it any other way with excellence. And I believe our church has a spirit of excellence. Um, we just look at Bethlehem and Journey to the Cross and hope and everything that we do. It's not done trying to be perfect. It's done with love. And when it's done with love, then the Holy Spirit intercedes and something magical and special happens. Just like through worship this morning. That the Holy Spirit was moving on the worship team and on our hearts because, you know, as First John said, God is love. I'm going to leave you just with just our Vibe Youth Ministry verse that really came about through pop culture that has come about through the series The Flash who is a, a speedster and his sidekick Cisco Ramon um, has the ability to see the future by laying hands on objects. He can, lay, he can see the future. He's not Christian. He's not like prophetic in a godly way. But we adopted that pop culture because it's relevant. And so relating Cisco's ability to our youth ministry verse, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Second Timothy 1, 6, and 7. So our job as youth mentors and me as a youth pastor is to stir up that gift in the youths, to pray on them, to stir it up so they use their gifts um, for the edification of the church. So they use their gifts to glorify God, that they don't use their gifts for themselves, but they use it for the glory of God. So as I call up the worship team, and I show you an image of our past bake sale, and I keep planting those seeds. <laughs> um, I just want to take a moment. I want to pray in a second, but I want, um, I'd like you to take a moment in silence right now, and I want you to just pray for our youth ministry. Okay, if you guys could just close your eyes. And I want you to pray for the youth 
in our youth group as well as the youth out of our youth group that don't come to our youth group. Um, I believe that God is working on those youths that don't come to youth group for whatever reasons. Um, I believe God is working on the hearts of those youths and their parents um, to either get them connected to our youth group or maybe another youth group. Um, but I believe God is wanting our, all the youths that come to this church to have some accountability, to have some teaching besides coming just to church on Sunday. So if you guys can pray for that, as well as if you can lift up just our youth and our youth mentors, um, just to give them just more unity, just more energy, more strength. And I'm going to just have Les play a little bit of background here um, while you pray for a minute. Heavenly Father, you know that the future of the church lies within the youth. That you know, Lord, that the youth have the energy and the strength and the conviction to bring change. That the youth can relate to others in their own generation. And they can reach their friends Heavenly Father, I just pray that that you bless and anoint the youth in our church. That you stir up their gifts, Lord God. That they become evangelists, pastors, prophets, um, teachers, missionaries. Would you give them a heart of service? And that you help them to find their voice in this world to bring change and make a difference in your mighty name. That this ministry is about changing lives and transformation through the Great Commission that they can make disciples of all nations. They can baptize others in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Continue to strengthen our youth ministry. Help us to go deeper. Help us to grow in in spirituality, in faith, as well as in numbers. Strengthen numbers. We thank you, and we praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.